Welcome to the Beautiful Life Podcast. This message is by Debbie Desmond. So this morning, I'm actually going to be speaking on work. God's biblical view of work. And you know what? It's so important that we have God's perspective on work because we spend most of our day working. Um, like, well, I mean, most of our waking hours working. So, you know, how we see work really is going to affect our lives, right? So it's so important for us to have God's view of work. Um, For the biblical Christian, work is a form of worship. That's what the Word of God says. So I'm first going to start with just some scriptures about what God says about work. Colossians 3 verse 17 says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do. Okay? Whatever you do. Um, 1 Corinthians 10 31 says, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Whatever you do. Colossians 3, verse 23 and 24 says, guess what? It says again, whatever you do, work heartily as the Lord, uh, as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance um, as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Ephesians 6, 5 and 8. Servants, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eyes on you, but like, but, but like slaves of Christ doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men, because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for whatever good he does whether he's slave or free think about that think about your work and what you do every day i mean it's actually quite sobering um you know all the people our bosses the people we get direction from says um obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart as you would obey Christ. Woo! That's quite hectic. <laughs> um, and then it says, obey them, not only to win their favor with their eye, when their eye is on you, but like slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart, serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord. The reason why I can say that as if you're serving the Lord is because he said you should be doing everything unto God everything you do and so even the work that you do you should be doing it unto the Lord unfortunately in our culture you know I I actually when I was um, reading up on biblical worldviews I um, read up on how different biblical worldviews um, view work which is very interesting I'm not going to get into that this morning because I want to talk about other things but more how I thought today, what we, how does our culture view work? When most of us in our culture, even Christians, have divorced work from God. But from these scriptures, we can see 
that is in no way divorced from God. God says, like, whatever you do, you are doing it unto him. The Bible talks about even, I mean, even if you give a glass of water to someone, you'll not be without, in the name of the Lord, you will not be without a reward. Isn't that amazing? God is watching you all the time, and he's interested in everything you do. And everything you do is meant to be to glorify the Lord. Your work isn't in any way separate from God. And lots of Christians have separated, you know, in the church, we separated the secular and the, the church, the, the sacred, secular and sacred. And so people view work as something somehow apart from the work, as something we do to earn our money. So what is our view? Um, because in our culture, work has lost its true meaning. And the object has become to do as little work as possible for as much gain as possible. That's generally the idea, right? Um, and really what happens is that then our society become, becomes like a parasite, and this spells the death of any civilization. Some people view work as punishment, you know, that it's the prison sentence. You have to do your time, and then, you know, you can get out on the weekends. That's how people see work. Other people see work as a salvation in these two ways, that work is a means to an end. Work, in it, there's nothing great about work in itself. It's a means to an end, a means of getting money. It's a necessary evil in our lives. Some people see it as, you know, to buy um, to buy the things that we need and to buy the things that fulfill us. So that's one way. It's a, our savior in that it's going to provide us money to do the things we want to do. The other um, way it provides salvation is work becomes our identity. It mean, it's a means of sort of self-aggrandizement, um, uh, um, and which often leads to work uh, work. Workaholism. <laughs> yeah, you become a workaholic. <laughs> so let's use that shorter version. <laughs> so the more prestigious your job is, the more valuable you feel. Um, you know, you they thrive when they're succeeding, and they crush when they're a failure. So work becomes a quest for success, significance, provision, esteem, and purpose. And work, therefore, becomes idolatrous. It becomes an idol in our lives. And it's an end in itself. These are, this is the, the, the way we see work. And probably some of you are thinking, mm, I think I feel a little bit of like that. <laughs> because like we said over the last while, you know, the ideas, ideas have consequences and they, this is the culture around you, and it's very easy to be sucked into that culture if we don't purposely know what is the biblical worldview. And I want to tell you that God's biblical worldview of work is incredibly freeing. Also, when work becomes an idol and gives us our identity, what happens is our society, um, seeing work as salvation, that it creates a hierarchy of work where some jobs are more, more um, what's valued than others as well. Can you see that? 
because, because that's where you get your identity, if you understand what I'm saying. So in a sense, what happens is work becomes your master and you become the slave. And can you believe this is how you spend the majority of your time? Think about that. With that mindset, you're a slave. And your job's your master. You're not free. But God wants you to be free. And because of that, because your job is your idol, you see it as your salvation, what happens is therein is really what we see, what, the curse, basically. The curse which came in, in, in the Bible in Genesis 3. Because in Genesis 1 and 2, God introduces work. Before the fall, work was, is actually a really good thing. But then when sin entered the world, not everything was corrupted, including work. Work also was corrupted. This is in Genesis 3. It says, Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food. Before this, when God is working, we see God working in Genesis 1, um, it's, um, as well as when he tells man to work in the garden. Both these words... They're two separate Hebrew words, and they are used to speak about work. And, well, when it speaks about God working, that work is like an occupation or business, okay? When God tells man to um, work in the, uh, and tend the garden, that work is the word work is serve, work or serve, right? But these two words in the curse with regard to work are two different Hebrew words. They are isabon and eseth. And um, both, the, all, both these words have the element of slavery, worry, hardship, sorrow. They have those words connected. It's painful, sorrowful toil. That's, that was what happened to work as a result. And remember, what happened at the fall was the devil enticed us, the, uh, Adam and Eve, to no longer trust in God but rather in themselves. Because God, remember, had said, you are made in my image. But then the devil enticed them, basically, to reach outside, to separate from God, to reach out, to find a godlike state for themselves, right? To become godlike apart from God. And, all, and that's where sin entered in, because it was all centered in self. They, remember, the Bible says they became self-conscious. So it was all about self. And this is what happens with regard to work because um, that's where sin comes in and corrupts it because work then is all about our self-effort to attain greatness, whether it be your identity, to attain um, success, money, status, etc. Or um, our self-effort to 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 provide for ourselves apart from God. And what happens is it's, it's work apart from God. It's work with just self. It's never meant to be like that. And work with just self is a burden. It's sorrowful. It's hard. Because the burden is all on you. It's all like 
You have to provide for yourself. You have to find your identity. You have to find your worth. It's all about you. Now, you would be anxious. And it will be terrible in that situation because it's all about what you have to do, right? That's why work becomes sorrowful. That's why it's a curse, okay? But um, in Proverbs 10 verse 22, the, it says, The blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. That word is the isib, the same word here from the curse. He adds no sorrow. Um. In the, in the Bible, um, Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your, soaps, <laughs> for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So God is saying to you, come, yoke yourself again with me. It's not all about you. Come to me. Come to me. This is not about you. That's the first step. Because you see, when we come to this place where we are completely, fully trusting and relying on God, he is our provider. So are you working for money? Are you working for money? When you go to work on Monday, are you working for money? Not primarily, that's not your goal. Because even if you weren't working for whatever reason, he will provide. He is your provider, full stop. Before you start working, he is your provider. That burden is no longer on you. He is your provider, first. Secondly, when we know God's love and we know he... He has given us worth. He has given us identity. He has made us significant. So we don't go to work to find significance, to find value, to find worth, because we already are. Right? So think about it. So most of the world is going to work to get provision. They are providing through their work. Most of the world is going to work to find their significance, to find their value. I mean, we ask, what do you, when you meet someone, hi, how are you doing? What do you do? Because most of the world thinks that their value is placed in what they do. They work, right? So most of the world, but this is how we as Christians should be. I'm already provided for. I'm already valuable. I'm already significant. But now you see, most of the world, if they had all those things, they would not go to work. Why do we go to work? Let's see what the Bible says. The topic of work comes up in the very beginning of the Bible. <laughs> Genesis 1 already, um, it says, and it says, it talks about God creating the whole earth, and then eventually goes to, thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. 
Okay? And it says that he observed all his work and he said, it was good. It was good. So God looked at work, he did all his work, and he said, it was good. So firstly, God dignifies work there. God works. God works. And he said, it is good, right? And the Bible says that God created Adam and Eve in his image. And part of that image is the image of a worker, of somebody who works. God created Adam and Eve in his image, and so your work reflects God. Your work reflects the image of God. Genesis 2 then goes on, verse 15 says, The Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. To work it and take care of it. So here we see work before the fall, Work was something really good. Um, but God made you and I not simply to observe his works, but we are made in his image, and he wanted us to participate with him in them. Um, as image bearers of God, we are co-creators. And right in Genesis 2, we see the dominion mandate that God gave to go and to rule, to work. So he, he called us to co-create, to rule, to work, to worship, basically to continue the creative process that he is. Where God always desired for us to share life with him. He wants to be with us all the time, in every moment, and part of that is sharing in the creation, co-creating with him um, in this amazing process, not only to continue to uphold the creation, but to continue to create with him in it. So all legitimate work um, is an extension, is an extension, <laughs> I'll get it out. All legitimate work is an extension of God's work of maintaining and providing for his creation. And we were all created to be stewards of creation. Um, our stewardship and our co-laboring and co-creating, we are doing the work of caring for his creation um, and serving and providing for the world. So when you think of your home, um, the, your clothes that you wear, the education that you receive, the medical care that you receive. These are all things where people are co-creating with God and in so serving you and me. Our work provides countless opportunities to love people. And that's also quite a cool thing to think about because worldly idea of work is so self-centered. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever heard um, my, um, Donald Miller's story brand, read his book. Um, it's um, basically how he's a Christian and it's how basically to market your product or your business, okay? It was very, it's very interesting reading his um, book. Um, basically, he um, talks about 
the most typical story that you get out there. Um, it's when, a, I'll just read it, a character who wants something encounters a problem before they can get it. At the peak of their despair, a guide steps into their lives, gives them a plan, and calls them into action. That action helps them avoid failure and ends in success. Okay, and if you look at stories, there's, that's one of the most typical stories. And, you know, he actually found that, that story and found that it was the most typical story. And you know what it is? It's actually the gospel. gospel. Man had a problem. He didn't know how to solve it. Jesus came down and he came and said, I will guide you and help you and give you everything you need to be a success. So um, he made the, the shift that you shouldn't, your product, your business shouldn't be the hero. Okay? Actually, it should be. Your, your, um, the person who's buying your product should be the hero and you should be the guide that's helping them to overcome the problem that they have. And you want to, as their guide, get them to a place where they're going to be successful. It's actually an amazing marketing approach. Um, I, I just thought it was interesting because obviously he's a Christian and he's thought this through, but there was, so for him, there was the shift of the way you market yourself and I thought it was a far more biblical approach, but even more so just if you look just in your life, is that, um, you know, that's, that's literally what Jesus did. But also for you, God has created you with certain gifts and callings that are amazing. He's given you, um, you are amazing. You're made in his image. And you have something that, you, that you've maybe gone through in your life or some even maybe whatever your profession is, like if you're a medical person or a law person, or just even if you've just gone through a, a difficult time in your life um, outside of your work, right? And you've experienced God's goodness and grace and you've found God's solutions and answers, then what you can do is then you can be the person who comes alongside someone else and serves them to get to the place where they have their breakthrough, where they um, um, uh, get to a place of success, et cetera, et cetera. That's how really all our lives should be because that models after Jesus. He, he was this amazing man, and what did he do with his amazingness? He came and lay it at your feet and said, like, how can I help you to become amazing? And that's what we're supposed to be doing. God has made each one of us amazing. We've got special gifts and, and um, talents in our lives. And we're supposed to, just like Jesus, say, like, I've got this and I am going to lay them down. I'm going to help you. Because in doing that, we are co-creating with God, serving one another, serving his creation. And in the process, obviously, we get remunerated sometimes. More, sometimes not, sometimes not at all. But doesn't matter because who's your provider, right? Okay? Um, 1 Peter 4 verse 10 to 12 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's 
a varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God um, supplies, in order that in everything God may be, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him belongs the glory, the dominion, forever and ever. Amen. I don't know if any of you know Charles Finney. He was an amazing evangelist, amazing, signs, wonders, like amazing guy. And I once read one of his books where he spoke about work. Um, and I just thought it, he had just such, I loved his perspective on it. And it was basically, he said, all work, whether you work in the church, whether you work at home, whether you work um, out there in the marketplace, it's all ministry. It's all service. All of it is service. And of course, what did God say in Genesis 2? That word work is translated in the Hebrew, work or serve. Serve. And that's what Jesus said, our ultimate, his ultimate, his ultimate goal when he came here on earth was to serve, to lay down his life and serve. So it's like if you give your life, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And if you give your life, you'll receive life. Right? Okay. The next thing I want to say is our work, also to understand work from a biblical perspective, is that our work counts in both time and eternity. Um, God sees always everything you do. And what you do matters, and he sees it. What you do matters. It doesn't matter what you do. It matters what you do. Specifically, it matters that you do it unto God, okay? Now, the Bible is full of the fact that God is a rewarder, full of it. Matthew 9, 41 says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who gives you, um, you a cup of water in my name because you belong to Christ will certainly not lose his reward. Luke 6, verse 35, but love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to, to them without exception to um, without expecting to get anything back, then your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High God because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Ephesians 6 verse 7, serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men, <clears throat> because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for whatever good he does, whether he's slave or free. Matthew 6 verse 2, thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have already received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that, you, that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees you will reward you in secret. And it says this about fasting and about praying. But really, it's about everything. It's about everything. And the thing is, if you are going to work and you believe that your reward is your salary, well, that's your reward. That's all it is. But if you go and you do it unto the Lord, there's a reward in heaven. And the Bible says, don't store up treasures here on earth. It says store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust don't settle in, you know, thieves don't break in and steal. Constantly, God is talking about storing up treasures in heaven, your reward. I mean, guys, this is like our lives is a blip as far as eternity is concerned. Like, we should live, you know, I try and remind myself, I'm not that as successful as I would like to be, but to live my life from an, ex 
from the perspective of eternity because you live life very differently as a result. But every, everything you do, it doesn't, you see, whether it's seen by men. In fact, when, when you receive a reward from men, then you've received your reward. But actually the things that you are doing and working at that no one sees, the way your attitude at work towards your boss that's treating you badly, um, whatever it might be. You know, I can remember we, I'm sure some of you have met Edgar Sishi. I can remember his first um, job. <laughs> he um, went, he, now he had got an amazing degree, did really well. And the first thing his boss, his boss told him to do was to sweep with a small broom this whole huge warehouse, then to paint lines along the sides of the walls, and then to clean all the toilets. And he stood there thinking, and I have got a degree. And then he just was reminded of what God says. And he said, I am going to do my very best cleaning these toilets, sweeping this floor, doing these lines, because I'm doing it for God. And, not, and I mean, he, he amazingly got promoted. But I think that's because God rewards and he sees your attitude. But irrespective of that, what are you doing? Because, you see, if in that moment when you're cleaning the toilet and thinking nobody's seeing me, this is not giving me any esteem, identity. <laughs> I'm feeling really the lowest of the low right now while I'm looking into this bowl, <laughs> you know. Um, while I'm doing that, that I know God sees me. It changes your perspective on work. God sees you and he rewards you. God sees you. Everything you do, even if you're doing something and you never thanked, God sees you and he rewards you. He's the ultimate beholder who rewards you. Um, I want to end off by just taking it a little bit further. Um, ending off with this. Um, you know, when I was thinking about this quite a few weeks ago, I just, God... Um, was just speaking to me. Actually, there was a quote in um, one of the worldview books that I was reading. It says, an economic problem is always a political problem, and a political problem is always an intellectual philosophical problem, and an intellectual philosophical problem is always a theological problem, how we think about it. And I realized, hmm. so then I got thinking about work and thinking about how we see it and, and the impact of how you see work, how that impacts a society and an economy as a result. Um, and, and so I was thinking about this, and then I obviously got onto this whole thing of, like, work um, is worship. So I thought, yeah, you know, well, whatever I do, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm just, you know, shifting my mindset to think, like, while I'm working, I'm praising the Lord. So whenever I'm going to work and I'm going to praise the Lord. And that was, that was the way I was thinking it, about it. And then God just did an even greater shift inside of me. I was chatting to Nigel and he was talking about God's creation. He probably was in the garden that day. He's talking about God's creation and a book that he was reading about how everything that God created glorifies him. You know that Bible verse that says, like, you know, the birds, all creation praises him, glorifies him. And how we were talking about the fact that, you know, if God made, let's say, a yellow daisy, that yellow daisy, when it grows up and it opens all its petals and it's just 
so happy and beautiful there. It actually, in being itself, it's glorifying God, right? And I just suddenly realized, because I was thinking about work at the same time, and I just realized, like, oh, my goodness, it's so much more than just whatever I'm working at is worshiping God. Actually, what all these verses are saying about work, um, about glorifying God in everything you do, is that actually if I am Debbie, who God made me to be, and I allow that to unfold, and work itself out, out around me, I am glorifying God. Like that daisy. I'm, that daisy's being a daisy and glorifying God. I'm going to be a Debbie and I'm going to glorify God, you know. And what are you going to be? You know, so what actually, what actually is in, it, in everything we do in our work, what we're actually doing, it's, 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 not, it's not about even work, worship, just, just this concept. It's sort of like work, is worship is a concept above this thing, the foundational part of he created us to be like him. We have got beautiful talents, beautiful, amazing parts of who we are. Our minds, our bodies are strong, whatever you're doing, whether it's manual, whether it's intellectual, um, however it is. And as we are ourselves, and we co-create with him, as we just by ourselves, like, are just us. We are glorifying to him, and we are to do it unto him. Amen. So, um, so as we outwork ourselves around us, outwork ourselves around us, <laughs> it brings glory to him. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So he's created, we are his workmanship, and he's created us to do good works, work that is good. <laughs> and, um, and then for, from that way it says, and he prepared them beforehand. Let me just go, oh, I've got some exciting things for you to do. You're going to love this. I want you to see, because he's made you beautiful. If you just... If I just stood still, quietly, no talking, did nothing, are you going to see the true me of who I made? No. But if I'm going to just let it all out, I'm going to just do what I meant I was created to do, I'm going to bring glory to God. And you all have unique talents that God wants you to use to co-create and serve his creation. And in doing that, you will have the joy of being you. I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes there's no greater joy than being fully outworking yourself around you, right? So together with God, we embark on this adventure of discovering and unfolding what God has placed in us. We unfold and unpack who God created us to be. We explore and fully release all that we're created to be, and it enriches our lives as we are that and lives around us. Work isn't something that defines us, but rather already being defined by God, knowing we are already full and valuable. We work out around us who God created us to be, and we reflect his image to the world, and it is a joy. Our work should be who God created us to be, flowing out of us, 
blessing and serving all those around us. Our work is God um, and you co-creating. It is about relationship with God. That's what he really wants. He wants to do this thing with us. Working with him deepens our relationship and we get to know his heart better. It's part of our work that we do. You know, when you work together with someone, you get to know them. And as we work together with God, we get to know him more. And he, it's an opportunity as we work for him to disciple us, right, in our, in our way. So as we outwork all God has created us to be on our life journey, we find, experience, know, and love God in all his infinite diversity. And we experience the joy of loving and knowing each other. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. So maybe some of you this morning need to repent of a wrong attitude to work. So I'm just giving you that opportunity. Let's just pray it all together, okay? So Father God, forgive me for making work my salvation, for seeing it as punishment, making it an idol in my life. Forgive me, Lord. Today, I choose and declare that you're my provider. You're the one who gives me my identity, my worth and significance. I am full and fully provided for before I even start to work. Jesus' name. Father, I just we just ask that you would come, that you would bless us in our work. Father, that we would truly find freedom in your truth, and Lord, that we would find joy in it. Father, that everyone will go out tomorrow, Monday, and feel so joyful to go to work because it's their opportunity, Lord, to outwork your creation in them, to serve others and co-create with you. Father, may they see that they're with you in everything that they do and that you want to co-create. You want to reveal yourself to them. You want to give them amazing ideas. You want to show them amazing things about you. You want to deepen your relationship with them as they work. You want to disciple them as they work. You want to be fully present with them as they work. You want to be their joy, and you want, to, you want them to discover more about who you've made them to be and cause them to flourish and to thrive. May joy, may work be a joy for us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this message from Debbie Desmond. For more information, please visit nigeldebbie.org.